Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. Our WhatsApp number is 087 1400 Joanna Fortune joins us uh, once again. Afternoon, Joanna. Afternoon, Sean. Uh, right, here's your first question. On uh, the green in our estate, there's a big group of local kids who all play together. I got a call from one of the other mums saying my five-year-old daughter keeps trying to play kiss chasing and is making the other children uncomfortable. We are not an overly affectionate family, so I don't know where this is coming from. I have tried explaining boundaries to her, but she says it's funny and I don't think she's going to stop. What can I do? Oh, I mean, there's a couple of things. When you say we're not an overly affectionate family, where could it be coming from? I'm wondering, is that maybe where it's coming from? You know, is there another, is is she seeking something actually? And there might be a way that you can increase overt expressions of affection in the family, but playfully, not that you're now going to go, come here now and we kiss and hug so you don't need to go out there and kiss anyone, but that you actually do it in a playful way. And, you know, there's something that you can do around different types of kisses with her at home and say, you know, you can kiss with your mouth, but you can kiss rubbing noses as a special kind of kiss or moving your eyelashes on somebody's cheek for a butterfly kiss that you can do something kind of playful and ask her, you know, what kind Mm. of kiss do you want before you go out to play? You could do the three great things hug, which is where you give each other a hug long enough for you to tell her three great things about her and her to tell you three great things about you. Or you could, if that's too long for you or her, just do three great things you like to do together. But it gives you that kind of, it's not just that quick squeeze and out you go. It's more of an extended hug and it's given her that kind of tight, squeezy, deep pressure, proprioceptive type of touch that kids do. Well, well, all of us need it, not just kids, but kids will definitely seek it out. And do a little bit of, you know, just reading with her around this. There is a lovely book. Um, actually, I found it really helpful. Now, at her age five, I'm just thinking, that's why I'm hesitating. I'm thinking of this book, but I think read it with her and then I'm going to ask you to role play some of the themes out of it. So it's Let's Talk About Body Boundaries, Consent and Respect. It's by Janine Saunders. And it, it's a lovely book that has little scenarios of kids in a playground. What could this child have done differently instead of doing this? Oh, they did this instead of that. What could they do differently? How is this child feeling? Because when you say, you know, um, it's making the other children uncomfortable. I'm wondering, does your five-year-old even recognize this? Is, yeah, you know, because yeah. it takes, it's quite an advanced social skill to be able to recognize that you have feelings and other people have feelings and they may not be the same feelings, by yeah. the way. And you have to read that and understand that. That takes children at least until they're four to really begin to refine. And she's only just five. So she's learning. So in lots of ways, this is a great time to start putting, you know, to start putting things in place where you can support her learning around this. Mm. But she's not doing it to make the other children uncomfortable. She's doing it because she thinks in her, as she's told you, it's funny. It's fun. I like doing it. And she's not thinking beyond that. So I would do the book, but I would role play out some scenarios. I'd make sure that she is understanding and recognizing discomfort. So you need to put that in, go, oh, I'm not comfortable when you do that and make and getting her within the role play to ask, is it okay if I give you a kiss? Is it okay if I hug you? 
encouraging some high fives or elbow bumps or, you know, something else that she can express all of this affection she has to give in a myriad of different ways. Because, yeah, you know, parent wants to be the parent getting the call saying, so your five year old is making everyone uncomfortable kissing them outside. But just hold the context that she's five years old and she's still very much learning about social boundaries and norms and how to behave. So I just think this is a sign that she needs a little bit of extra help with it. Of course, it doesn't say whether she's just trying to kiss everyone or or she's trying to kiss boys. No, no. D- yeah. Yeah, I, mm, um, yeah. So it's not, but like, could that be a thing when you're five or just a bit boy mad? I mean, I think it's that other children are really exciting and interesting. And when you're playing and running around and chasing, when you catch somebody, you are catching them with your hands, you know, yeah, gr- yeah. generally speaking. And she may be going to her, while we're here, let's <laughs> hug it out. You know, so it could just be that she's quite a sensory seeking little child and she just has all of that love to give. I'm loving playing with you. I'm loving being with you. Let me show you how I love you. And it could be as simple as that. Yeah. And it, it is important that she hears the word no, that, you know what, we're not going to do that. Here's what you can do instead. And you have to check with somebody. It's ne- She is certainly not too young to begin a conversation around body boundaries and consent and respect. I think we can start that conversation with our children from the youngest ages. In fact, the younger we start it, the easier it is to grow that conversation up as they grow up Mm. rather than introducing these concepts when they're already 10, 11, 12 or older years old. That get it in now, just talk to her about it, but be playful. Don't make this sound like she's in trouble or she's being punished because that's going to confuse her around, but I didn't do anything wrong. Or is it wrong to kiss somebody? So instead, it's really about being playful, but direct with her around, hey, do it this way instead. How might the other person be thinking and feeling? Why don't you check with them first? Yeah. You know, the way kids like, it's literally rough and tumble. They'd be running around, they fall on top of each other, everyone's giggling, you know, and it's... There's no harm intended. In no, and touch not. is such an important part of children's growth, development and how they, you know, explore the world. Like they are very physical with each other and mm. there's nothing, that's why there's nothing wrong with that. You know, children being rough and tumble, children giving each other a hug, children being interested in each other is all very, very normal. But again, if this has reached a stage where some child, at least one, has said to their parent, mm, not comfortable with this, I don't like when she does it, then yeah, now you have to deal with it and you have to address it. But again, I don't think there's any harm in proactively having that conversation with children. Even if your children aren't out there kissing all the neighbours' children, you know, you can have the conversation about body boundaries and respect because it also teaches them to find their words and say, hey, please don't do that. I don't want you to do that to me. So then the kids can sort it out. But it's really important children know and understand about that as young as possible. Yeah. Someone's texting to say, when I was five in primary school, one of the girls in my class used to chase me around the playground trying to kiss me. I used to hate it. Now I'm a gay man. I don't think those two things are connected somehow. I wouldn't make I'm just the gonna, connection. I'm going to go out but there, yeah. but I, I, I don't think that's what it is. Uh, right. Uh, next question, which actually, I think we had a question like this a few weeks ago. It's very similar. But, but the flip of it. Yes. It was a reversal. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if it's the same family. Uh, my daughter, 17, I started dating my son's best friend, 18. Mm-hmm. They have all been in school together for years, but recently the two of them have begun seeing each other romantically. My husband and I have no issue as we think he's a lovely young man, but my son is furious. He won't speak to myself or my daughter and there is a volatile atmosphere in the house. He is furious his sister is going to be at his his Debs 
and all their parties and doesn't want the two of them in the house. They have been friends for years and I don't want to have uh, have them falling out. How can I defuse the situation? Yeah, I mean, this is a tricky one and we did have it and I think it was the other way around mm. where the 18-year-old brother has was dating the younger girl's yes, yeah. the 17-year-old's friend or something like that. And this is something, I mean, they are peers as well as siblings. They're mm. 17 and 18 years old. They are in each other's school. They're in each other's, you know, general environment. But it is important that, you know, and certainly your son is communicating this, that there is a degree of separation. My life and your life, my friends and your friends, my experiences and yours. And so he's allowed to have a reaction to this because I just and I feel like, you know, when parents are like we have no issue with it, you know what you do? You have an issue because there's an issue. Yes. You know, you yeah. might not have an opposition to, to yeah. her boyfriend, but it is an issue in your house because the you're talking about a volatile atmosphere. That's a very particular phrase. And when he's saying, you know, I don't want her to be at my Debs or at our parties, that's that statement of ownership. Mm. She's encroaching in my experiences. And he he's, I want a bit of, we're back to boundaries. I want yeah. boundaries. Yeah. I want privacy. I want something that's all mine. Because I'm also thinking his Debs, does need to centre stage him. But if she's going to be getting ready at home yeah. with the dress and the yeah. hair and with everything and else, turning up and it's becoming her, her Debs yeah. as much as his. So I think you have to approach this with, you know, empathy. Like, I would approach them separately, by the way. I would sit down with him and say, I get it. I get why you're upset. Mm-hmm. I do understand how this must be making you feel and let him talk you through it and say, but we cannot get involved in saying who your sister can and cannot date and who she cannot. That's her own choice. So what can we do to make this more manageable for you? And separately have a chat with her about being understanding that her brother is struggling, but at the same time, his struggle doesn't have to derail her relationship choices. So you're almost trying to be... <laughs> The negotiator in between, in, in between or a moderator in this. Well, he's not. This is from the mother. He's not talking to her now. No. And yeah, it'll have to be. She'll have to send in the father. It makes me feel that, Sean, this is quite recent. Like, it, yes, it does yes, make it me does, feel this yeah. is all a bit raw and yeah. in the now. Because, you know, I think this is his friend and he's seeing your daughter's new relationship as ending his friendship mm. or taking his friend from him. And th- he's so he's experiencing a loss. And also, 18-year-old boys together, he may also be uncomfortable thinking his sister will be discussed by his friend group in any way. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah That yeah. it would be really awkward if they were to break up or if one was to cheat on the other. Um, he may have some inside information about how girls are spoken about um, amongst his peer mm, group. Yeah. And this may be bringing up a whole lot of stuff for him. So it is about boundaries. He cannot control who his sister is in a relationship with. And that would be a very dangerous message to send out and not helpful to either of them. But I do think he's entitled to have an emotional response to this because this is also happening to him. Sure. This is yeah. affecting him. So I think it is about sitting down. And to, and you're right, like if he's not talking to, well, he's not talking to half the family at this stage. <laughs> you know, it is about, you know, involving his dad but having the conversation, not in a lecturing way, saying, look, you got to get over this. You can't do anything about it. Yeah. But actually saying, talk to me. Give it to me what you're thinking and feeling. Where are your worries coming from? What's the worst thing that could happen here? And giving him space to yeah. have those feelings. But I would say it's new. Let's see if it settles as he gets used to the idea, as he adjusts to it, as he sees that he can still have his friend. That is important, by the way. Yes, yeah, that If his absolutely. friend, you know, used to come over to the house to hang out with him. 
and now is coming over to the house to hang out with his sister, there does need to still be some boundaries around, well, I'm we're hanging out together and this isn't your daytime. Yeah, he's not speaking to the mother. He's not speaking to the daughter. Let's guess he's not speaking to the best friend either. Well, it's not here, but you would certainly infer that that, that has yeah. come up. So either way, there has been a, a rupture in all of the relationships involved in this. So these are not decisions. I know people might be listening going, oh, they're just teenagers. But actually, there's some real fallout from yeah. this. He could, lo- it, well, cause he I, could lose it, a friend. He could lose the friend. Mm-hmm. That's because, he, you know, he can't get rid of your parents or, or your siblings that easily. But, 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 but it could really affect their relationship. Yeah, there's only could, a year true. between yeah. them. And if they've grown up, getting along mostly well and having a lot of shared experiences given their ages, then, yeah, it needs to be looked at. Yeah. I have two daughters, seven and nine, and they're very competitive. They are constantly turning everything into a competition, racing each other around the house, comparing spelling tests and putting each other down. They are constantly asking, which one is my favourite? I'm afraid they'll grow up with an unnecessary rivalry. What should I do? Now... What this parent is calling an unnecessary rivalry, I'm rephrasing as an unavoidable rivalry, okay? (laughs) Um, Because it may not be necessary, but it also may be unavoidable. Yeah. Okay. Um, I often think about it that, you know, our siblings are our first experience of friends and enemies. This is a perfect question, isn't it? After the one above. Yes, isn't (laughs) it just? Yeah. Um, And just to hold in mind a two-year age gap, you know, can often be the the one that brings the greatest degree of sibling rivalry. Because when you think about it, your first child was coming into the so-called terrible twos. Mine, no, I, I want the yeah. protest stage of development, let's call it, mm. just as the new baby was coming along. And so that can often set a tone. Um, the other thing we'd look at is, you know, I mean, when you think about sibling rivalry, it's really competitive animosity in a in a relationship, that, and so the fact that's that a nice phrase, competitive. It, it really yeah. is, though, you know. And the fact that it's centering around competitive behaviour here really just brings that home for me. And we often look at, you know, it's the different and incompatible developmental needs between children that are the reasons that siblings mm. fight um, and fall out with each other. But there are other factors to consider, and that's around temperaments. That if you've got two children, and these two for me sound like this, where their temperament are just so similar that they spark against each other and they rarely get in sync. You know, even in siblings, there's times when they love each other. There's times when they seemingly hate each other on a day to day, sometimes hour to hour basis. But, you know, they're in sync. They're out of sync. There's some restoration of connection there unless they're very, very similar temperaments. And it's like, no, constantly sparking and how they relate is competitiveness. So, I mean, in terms of the who's your favourite it doesn't matter how old they are, you'd get quite a bit of that between siblings anyway, yeah, or yeah. a sibling asserting, I know you're, I know yeah. I'm your favourite. You don't need to say anything. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> but you can do the whole stock parent answer on that. You know, my heart has enough love to love you both equally. And that is my line. And that is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but I would also try to encourage some play or connection. That's <laughs> I always up. say not you anyway, to then reply <laughs> to that question. Not someone who asks. Um, <laughs> But, you know, to focus on some collaborative play or things that they can work on together. And it might be, you know, developing a family charter. I'm just thinking positive statements like in this family, we speak kindly to each other and involve them in this. They have to throw down Mm. some positively worded things. Everybody kind of signs up to it, stick an owl thumbprint and an ink pad on it. And when, not if. When they breach all of that, you bring their attention back to the agreement you all made and then you encourage them to find in the moment, a real stop in the moment, 
very quickly two things you really like about your sister. Mm -hmm. And if they choose to sit there and look at you blankly and say absolutely nothing, then they have to stay frozen for as long as it comes up with those two things. And if they go very quickly, this and this, great, keep moving, move on. So you're trying to short circuit. You don't want to get pulled in as the referee. Try to ensure you're getting some one-to-one time with each of them pockets of it. It doesn't have to be whole day long activities, far from it. Just moments of meeting where you have opportunities just to spend time with them as individuals rather than siblings. And always, because they're so competitive, make sure as a parent you're really praising effort over outcome no matter what each of them are doing. And I would proactively, if it's not already in place, encourage separate interests, separate hobbies. Yes. Even if they're both very gifted athletes, find different types of athletics for them to get involved in. (laughs) So that they're not always in the same world together competing. I just think that would really, really help as well. Yeah. Uh, there'll be a row over who gets to do what then, of course. Of course. But, uh, and, and this is going to be part of their narrative of the siblings, oh, that no yeah. matter what you do, but you've got to just hold the line. And if they're coming to you saying she did or she did or whatever, that you say, look, I believe the two of you can work this out. But if it does escalate to me working it out, it's probably not going to play out well for either of you. So it's best that they work out whatever it is. Now, they're seven and nine. It's a long time to wait. But when they're much older, they will be friends. Yes. You know, like this will work itself out. Mm. And this age gap will be something, you know, a lot of adult sisters fought a lot when they were kids and our best friends. Yeah, and not, not everybody. It's not, a, nothing is a universal. But you know, this is just about holding that line with them. Just give them things they can collaboratively work on that feeds into this. I'm thinking of, you know, one of those um, activity hopscotch things. You see loads of them online that people can draw out instead of just hopping on the numbers that you put in. Jump twice, four jumping jacks, twist, turn, hop on one leg, mm. do it, you know, whatever, and get them to design it out outside and do it so that but one can't go till the other one has finished. So they have to encourage each other rather than I'm quicker than you. Yes, right. OK, uh, now next question. And this is a bit more serious. I'm concerned my 14 year old daughter is bullying. She's been going to a hockey camp for the last two weeks and I got a call from one of the coaches saying she is picking on the other girls and critiquing how they play. I have never had issues with her behaviour before and I was shocked to hear this. She denies anything is going on. Have I raised a bully or is this just a phase? Oh, this is interesting. I mean, we Mm. often get questions about, you know, from parents who have learned their child is being bullied. Yes. But we have to also think that on the other side of that is a parent learning their child is doing that bullying. Yeah. Okay. And I, I must say, like, because that's the hardest thing to face up to, because I'm sure there's many parents go, oh, it's not, you know, my child. It's, you know, they're under the influence of somebody or there's some extenuation. And I think even listening now in your own heads, ha- have just pause and think about that. If you get the call and you're told your child is doing, what is your first instinct? Oh, mm. not my child. No yeah. way. So there's more to this. Or do you go, yeah, fits, I need to get on it. Either way, I would say to you, start with what you know to be true. Okay. Yeah. The coach has called you and said this is happening. So I would accept that she is picking on others. She is negatively critiquing them. Critiquing can be a word interpreted. I mean, there's nothing wrong with critique if it's constructive, but this sounds like it's not. Negative critiquing them to a level that the coach cannot resolve it in the moment and has 
escalated this to you. So see yourself as an escalation point. This didn't just happen once casually and the coach decided to call you. Mm-hmm. And you know that to be true. You So I would take it seriously. But I, now, I don't want you overreacting or panicking because she said to you, I'm not doing that. I would accept that from her. She doesn't believe that what she's doing is picking on, bullying, mean to others. So in one way, I'm going to see this as a positive (laughs) negative. If she doesn't, I'm not bullying. I'm not doing that to anyone. Maybe she really doesn't intend what she's doing to land that way. Doesn't mean it isn't, by the way. Mm. But you've got an in because then you can say, oh, well, you're not aware of how others are experiencing you. We need to work on that. Either way, it's it's getting worked on. But if she's saying to you, I have no idea what you're talking about. I just want everybody to play better. <laughs> I mm-hmm. just want to win. Yeah. Because is it something about competitiveness again, that when she's riled up, that she actually, and you see this, we, we often hear it in the media about, you know, the adults standing at the sidelines who forget what they're there to watch yes, and what they're yeah. there to do. And they get very carried away by it and end up yelling, not encouraging statements, yes, let me put yes. it that way. Maybe this is happening to her too. But either way, you've got to sit her down and say, no, this is serious. I've gotten a call about it. It is not acceptable. And this is how people are experiencing you. Let's break this down. You've got to change it because there is a valuable learning in facing up to our actions, whatever they are, taking accountability and making repair. Like ideally, she would be able to reflect on this with you. Go and apologize to the coach and team. Tell them, look, I'm I'm obviously I'm competitive and it affects me and I'm not behaving well. And you are allowed to call me out on that when I do it, if I do it. But I'm going to work on it as well. Mm. And I, I'd love to think that this is falling into that category. And it's not that she is a mean kid behaving in this way consciously, but it's something that she's doing and she's not totally aware of how it's landing. But you know what? Now she is. And now you do need to work on it. So it doesn't become something else. Yeah. She's picking on the other girls and critiquing how they play. Um, there's no mention like that she's got a gang with her. Mm-mm. Like if she's doing this by herself, that's that's, and that's supremely I'm, confident. And she, I'm wondering, you know. you know, is she a very gifted hockey player herself? And is she saying you're rubbish, you're this, we would have won if you didn't? And yeah. Which is all terribly unpleasant, not OK Absolutely. to do yeah. and does need to be called out. But I'd love to think that this is at the moment falling into the category of mean behaviour. And yeah. that when it, it's when it's flagged to her that she can do a piece. But as the parent, you do need to sit her down and work on this. I've gotten this call. This is not OK. And we do need to work on it. And the, I'm, I'm surprised also that a coach of a hockey team hasn't come across this kind of thing before. Oh, I'm full sure they have. Yeah. I've no doubt they have this. This does happen. But I'm also the fact that a coach would ring a parent of teenagers about this tells me there was a couple of attempts of, hey, cut it out. Stop it. We don't do that here. And now it's escalated. And because I would see this as an escalation, the parent does need instead of going, gosh, is this a phase? Is it? You know what? It's happening now. It needs to be dealt with now. Mm. Uh, What if she says she's just oblivious to this? Well, that's where you would really have to do. Or I mean, oblivious to sorry, but not 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 oblivious so much, but like it's their fault if they were better. Then you know this wouldn't be happening. Oh uh, yeah, no, that's and I would suspect that is yeah. what's happening actually, yeah. and I'd suspect that is where she's going to go. I'm actually just encouraging them to make more effort. You yeah. know, why don't they see this as helping? It you. That's why you have to sit down with her and say it isn't helpful. That isn't how it's landing. And that's what I mean when I say you know she may not be aware how others are experiencing her but she will need help 
in becoming aware of that because this will affect her peer relationships. This will affect her position on a team and clearly a sport she's interested in and interested in doing well in. And also it could escalate as a behaviour pattern that she, if she thinks this is OK to do, yeah, you'll begin yeah. to get a few more calls than a call from a coach on this. Yeah. Uh, just going back to the, uh, the seven and nine year old who are so competitive. Uh, uh, for the long run perspective, I wanted to share that my two competitive sons, now 21 and 23, ran their first marathon last weekend and crossed the finish line together to the second uh, kept going uh, at each other all the way. We weren't sure what would happen, uh, by the way. So that's That's lovely. really lovely. That's really yeah. lovely to hear. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. with Anna Glaze on News Talk.